if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. Join me on the show today. We have another repeat offender, y'all. Coming on to that sex chick is my dear friend, Kelly Tennant. Kelly is the host of The Kelly Show, a juicy intersection between spiritual and sexual liberation. She helps women break free from a lineage of toxic lies and rules. This is Kelly's second time coming onto the show, and she is back yet again to break through some taboo topics for all of y'all. Today, we spoke primarily of women having sex with women and the journey leading up to, during, and surrounding this type of intimate exchange. We talk about her relationship with her fiancé, Connor, and what it has taken to open their relationship in a healthy and healing way. This is such a deep and personal conversation, and I am so excited to share it with all of you. Enjoy. Before I open the zoom. I went to Brynn. I was like, I only have time to go take a shower. I don't have time to like get pretty or anything. And that's like the story of my life before going into recording my shows. Sometimes I just pin the other person's video so that it stays on them. (laughs) I'm like, she's going to look like an Amazonian goddess, princess, Aphrodite extraordinaire. And I'm going to be on the other side going, I just finished deadlifting. (laughs) You look fucking hot. Shut up. (laughs) You don't need makeup. You don't need to do anything. You're stunning. Well, first off, thank you. And second off, 
I really admire the effort that you put into the things because I always feel like I'm running in and out. And I actually think I might be addicted to that feeling of like rushing into the next thing. And oh my God, I don't have enough time. And like, there's something about that feeling of I don't have enough time to like complete the thing before I go into the next thing that I'm just like really attached to. What does that do for you? Makes me feel alive. Mm, You like to live on the edge. I like to live on the edge where I'm almost late for a lot of things in life. And that's been a lot of my life and Jordan and I have spoken. Isn't that why you get a spanking mm-hmm. every time you're late? Mm-hmm. See, I would want to be late too though if I was getting spanked. <laughs> yeah, but there's a part of me You that want me to spank you? I will let helpful? you do it. But then yes. see, it's almost not a punishment, right? It like isn't it isn't. Right. It's got to have other aspects to it. So like for Jordan, if I try to do the thing and I feel like the odds were stacked against me, I get mad. Like I get mad. I'm in the yeah. car and I'm like, well, you asked for this and you asked for that while I c- was not prepared for that. And so that's why I'm three and a half minutes late. And he's just like, you're cute. Okay. When do you <laughs> want these spankings? You know, like, so it's in that it's like this, like, that's the part that gets me. The actual spankings are great. You know, that's like getting delivered a dessert or something, but it's that in between, like, I don't want it if it means that I failed. Yeah. Uh. Can I ask you a question I've been dying to ask you? And I just feel like this is the time I should ask. Absolutely. Um, where, where, I didn't care if you said no anyway. Where <laughs> is the craziest place Jordan's given you spankings? Hmm. The craziest place he's given me spankings. I think I've gotten a couple in the car. And this is a relatively, I, I, we've been doing this for months, but I, I have gotten significantly better at being on time. So I either get the spanking or I get, I get a present. Sometimes you either get a spanking or you get a present. Um, So I'm pretty sure I've gotten a couple of spankings in the bathroom at a house. We were on our way to an event that was at a person's house here in Austin. And why he maybe go in the bathroom with him. And I got a couple of pets. That's hot. Yeah. It is. And I leave and I've got my hands on my hips and I'm like, you're not the boss of me. Fine. (laughs) Oh, you are cute. (laughs) I mean, you know, I never really, I never got any of that really as a kid. So I think there was one time my, my mom, I threw, I threw a fit of some sort and it was, I'm going to get the belt. And then she had all her belts. Cause this is like, I don't know, in the nineties, she got all her belts Um, of different sizes and she goes and I'm all nervous, but I also like hands on my hips still. And she goes and she picks the thinnest one. And like, Oh, you pick the thin one for you. Cause it was just like a noodle. It wasn't like thin, like, Oh my gosh, that's going to sting. It was pretend. (laughs) And I pretended it hurt and I pretended. And then I think it hurt her feelings more than it hurt my feelings. And so when it comes to like, you know, the spankings and stuff, that was not a part of my upbringing really, which is why I'm probably into it now. Like I was never punished. So punish me. (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't really punished a lot. I had this uh, situation with my mother, this understanding that if I came to her and I told her what I did wrong, I would never get in trouble, which Mm. fucking was the worst thing ever because it turned me into this little princess who just blamed everyone else for everything because I could do no wrong. But I do remember getting spankings growing up, mostly from my dad. But I like got to this point where I would I would go up backwards up the stairs on my butt and scream, no, please don't do it to me. And they would just laugh at me like, you're so ridiculous. So dramatic. 
Please so don't dramatic. do it. To me. I haven't continued that at all. I'm not dramatic now at all. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what, what, what feelings it would bring inside of your body and all of that. If you were to do that now. Oh my God. Like if you were well, to I, enact I that like, whole thing now. Yeah. I feel like it would probably turn me on, which is kind of, it, that weirds me out. Right. Like, yeah, it's all this, the childhood stuff. And then the wrapping in of sexuality is real fucking weird. Like I was hearing, um, or I'm reading the ethical slot right now, yeah. which I can't believe I'm just not reading it, but they're talking about like having a daddy mm-hmm. and this girl, like, doing all these things that you would do with like an actual parent figure, but then you're having sexual relations with them as well. Yeah. And I'm like, this is real confusing. And I feel like that's why there's so much nuance in sexuality because it's hard to really understand desire because there's so much inner, whatever, inner twink, twink, what is it called? Inner, inner, intertwining intertwining thank you yeah um of all these feelings and emotions and desires and it can get really confusing it absolutely can that's probably something that that comes up i anticipate that coming up with my clients my personal clients who are working on their sex and love um and yeah i anticipate when i start to bring up some of the concepts when i talk about ddlg daddy dom little girl which is a branch off of ds play and the the play itself is play role playing And more often than not, there's no actual sex that's happening while the role playing is happening. It's usually this is what gets the altered state set, sets the scene, provides the altered state experience. And then at some point when the scene is ready to shift or transition, then there might there might be sex. There might be erotic things and there might be teasing and there might be all these different, you know, language that come, comes into the mix. But what I've discovered is that a lot of times the sex isn't actually happening during that time. It's not like while you're being a little girl and I'm being your daddy that you're going to do this thing, which is, it's mm-hmm. just a mind fuck because so many people hear that and are like, it's one step away from pedophilia. Where do you know where the end is? And you're just going to take one big step into this direction. Like somebody wants to have sex with a child and, and their just brain explodes. And, yes. and I have to approach with caution and, and because I know that that's just a very triggering thing for some people to hear. And so when I go to describe it, I'm like, what is a way that I can describe this where they can not see it for what they believe that it is ahead of time. And I think some people might be afraid of wh- who they will be to themselves if they get to a place where they're okay with it, yeah. where it sounds like, oh, I understand it, you know? And then those, you know, and some people will go, well, different strokes for different folks, but that's not for me. I'm like, well, you just haven't found your flavor yet. This is one of lots of flavors. So we recently did a play party. We had this big kinky workshop experience here in Austin and we met with the dominatrix. Um, we actually recorded a show with her and she was dressed like a cowgirl. And she said, after this podcast, I have, um, I have a horse play session. So a person was driving from half across the state and coming to meet with her to do a horse play session where she was playing owner and the person was playing pet, was playing horse horsey. So this person had a bridle and had a bit and probably if I had to guess had a mask or a headpiece and she was going to lead this whole DS scene. And this is very erotic in nature, but there's no sex more often than not. There's no release or actual penetrative sex or anything. Um, Yeah. And and sometimes there is, but it's just, 
it's just mind boggling. The world of kink and sexual expression is just beyond, beyond the, the, the rabbit hole. You can like look at dance along the edge, you know, vanilla selves dancing around the edge. And then you jump in, you're like, I'm just going to figure out a few kinky things. And you realize that you're just falling forever. Like it's never ending. I mean, let's be honest. That sounds wild to me, Mm -hmm. but a year ago, I would have been like, maybe two years ago. I was still, I was more open a year ago, but two, three years ago, you would have told me that. And I would have been like, that is some weird ass shit. I want nothing to do with that. And now I don't particularly want to do that scene, but I feel like I have gone down the rabbit hole in a lot of ways that what I'm open to now and what I see as being hot is so different than before. And it's so funny. I know you know this and probably a lot of your listeners, but it's like, once you take that step and you start seeing what else is possible, you're like, yeah, I can see how someone would like that. Yeah. Oh my (laughs) gosh. Yeah. To see people in their, in their bliss in their ecstasis, in their pleasure, and to see the innocence sometimes that is that is inherently um, surrounding them while they're in that space, which is so wild to say that it's like a childlike, playful innocence that's that's partnered with this quote unquote, you know, this air quotes rather um, adult behavior is just like you know how could I condemn this thing like the. the so, so some spankings got them to that place. Cool. You know, but to see it actually being played out and to see it in a very beautiful, caring, loving, and consensual way is so different to what, uh, before I got into this work before I, I did not know that that's what was there. Just, I just assumed that if there were spankings and were all of this, that it was aggression and, and like, Mm -hmm not dominant, but a domineering character that wanted to take. And it was like, oh, these fucked up people are indulging in this thing. So it's just like, I've seen so much care and concern and communication and consideration and all of this in the world of kink and exploration and multiple partners and all of that, where I'm just like, fuck, I'm so down to have my mind blown over and over and over again. Yeah. And not to take over your show, but I know we're talking about bisexuality today. And that is the experience I've had in being with women and having threesomes is, you know, you and I operate very similarly and we're in our heads and we're doers and we're go and make stuff happen. And absolutely, it can get easy to get stuck in that. And what I've noticed is that the thing that has really become a portal for me to not be in my head and to really be in my body and to be present and playful are these sexual experiences. And it is repatterning my entire life for the way I can show up. And it's just, I I never thought that it would be sex being the thing that is the catalyst for me to be able to live this way. And to be able to tap back in, like you said, to that childlike quality of play and curiosity and, Ooh, this is so fun. And you get lost in the moment and you're not thinking about anything else. And I didn't have that maybe aside from volleyball throughout my life. I didn't really have that. So it's so cool to bring myself back to that and feel like this little girl who's just like playing and having the best time. Absolutely. And it's like feeling this like childlike sense of wonder. And you're like, I don't really care that you also have tits. You know, I just like you. (laughs) Bring him here. Let's do fun things. (laughs) You know, whether you're a horsey or you're another woman or there's 15 of you or I'm strapped to a cross or it's just. There's so much available to expression and thank you. You can always dom my show 
just come on in and go, well, I know we were talking about bisexuality today because we are actually recording this episode in the month of June. So I wanted to have conversations. It probably won't come out and be released in June, maybe at the beginning of July for this one. But um, I wanted to have conversations that were about varied types of sexuality and sexual expression and specifically people who were into same genders and unique genders and all of that. And I just admire your relationship with Connor so much. Um, and congratulations, by the way, because you two Thank just you. got engaged. Yay. Yay. And that <laughs> doesn't mean, and, and I'm speaking to myself here, and that doesn't mean that the play has to stop just because we're going to go and get Married, you know, Jordan and I are also, we're getting married in the same month. We're bride twins. Um, that was weird. Uh, <laughs> okay. <love> so much. <laughs> All right. Now that we got that out of the way. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't mean that, oh, well, because I'm going to go, you know, be a wife now that I'm going to stop wanting to have sex with other people. I'm going to stop wanting, I'm going to stop finding other people attractive. I'm not going to want, because I'm married to a man. That doesn't mean that now all of a sudden I don't find women attractive or I'm not going to want to have sex with women or I'm not going to want to bring people into Like there's this, this just because married doesn't mean these other things. And also just because married doesn't mean that I'm not like, like all this stuff in my life has to change or as I know, cause you and I are, are a little bit on the same timeline ish. You might be a little bit further you might be a little earlier on the mother train timeline like when y'all will yes. do the family thing i think i have this feeling it makes me nervous just talking about it i gotta tap my chest um we want to do that next year we think i think and so it's like oh well i can't be this sexual creature and i can't fuck women and do all these things if i want to be a mom next year it's like a weird shit happens oh, yeah. mentally about all that stuff. So I love that you're setting an example and you're still doing your damn thing, even though like weddings coming up, mom life's coming up. Yeah. It's a, this is an important conversation because it goes back to labels and societal expectations. And I, I'm like kind of traditional in certain ways. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be married and have a wedding and have, we just bought a house. We're moving in today, you know, a house with a yard and the dogs and the kids and like all the things. And then every other way I'm super non-traditional. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I thought about what I wanted and what my life would look like is so different than what it is becoming. And it's back to that just openness conversation and curiosity. For me, I've just noticed how fulfilled and connected and intimate Connor and I have become in this monogamish type situation that we have. And my biggest fear was that if we did this, when we first started talking about it, that it was going to actually ruin our intimacy, ruin connection. We weren't going to be committed to one another and it's had the opposite effect. And it's so funny to me that we have these preconceived notions of what relationships can be like when in reality, sometimes it takes trial and error. And maybe you are with a partner that threesomes are a cop out and they don't want to be committed. And that's a whole other conversation. And I'm sure that happens more often than not. Um, but I think that if you have a foundation in a relationship, you have communication, you talk about your desires, you share what you want, and you really lean into these curiosities, whether you're getting married or having kids or not, doesn't affect that because you always are able to come back to one another. And 
I feel that intimate connection with Connor in so many ways. And we've talked about, he jokes about this. Connor, people should know this. Oh, Connor. Connor likes novelty and loves having good stories to tell. That is like, it's probably 70% of the reason we are in this dynamic. Is he like a quintessential do it for the story person? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I have (laughs) never been that way. And I don't do things just to have fun. We were just having this conversation yesterday. That is so counterintuitive to me. It's like, if I'm going to do something, it needs to check a ton of boxes and there has to be purpose and all this stuff. Just doing something for fun doesn't really register in my brain. And so it's kind of hard. And so we've been talking a lot about having threesomes while I'm pregnant. And at first I was like, fuck no, who do you think you are? And then I was like, wait a second, I'm pretty horny. And I've heard you make it really horny when you're pregnant. I might really want to do that. So it's just like this thing that we talk about that is so outside of my realm of possibility before. And now I'm like, hmm, I kind of like this idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. We, I was just talking about this earlier this morning at my workout. We have someone who works out with us uh, in the mornings that is six months pregnant now. And um, we talk about like the girls going out. And as we're getting older, more and more of us are, we we might go out once a month, if that, just to feel like fancy and just to dress up and to have an excuse and all of that. Cause we spend so much time at each other's houses and um, she's like, well, I want to go out and I want to wear like a tight thing and, and still feel like, yeah, guys are looking at me. I was like a lot of you are fertile. They are looking at you. I was like, this is a whole yeah. thing. Lots of people. That's such a turn on for so many people. I, you know, my community space and I have my um, Facebook group. They've spoken about it multiple times lactation is hot and that that's a whole thing and pregnancy like some people watch only pregnant porn it's wait it, there's a thing called pregnant oh porn. my god yes i mean of course a man would oh think that god. that or just people in general like fertility is, is sexy you know mm-hmm. and so yeah it's been fetishized I don't know a oh thing. My that... God. Okay. I'm totally looking this up later. This I is so exciting. Don't... Thank you for my Friday night activity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't really know a thing. It's kind of like if you can think it, it's on the internet. If you can experience mm-hmm. it or if you can see it around you, it is fetishized by someone in some way. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, wow. I'm just looking around my office right now and I've got an obsidian butt plug sitting here on the desk in a clit and a coffee, like chances are in a crystal and Ganesh. Every one of them's probably been masturbated to not by me, but someone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <for> sure. <laughs> or somebody's trying to try to put that thing in their orifices in a sexual way, you know, not that exact one, but a, a crystal or a anyway, moving along swiftly. So no, I love it. You know, I think the other thing too is Alexa for me is I watched my parents lose themselves in their marriage mm. and I don't know what their sex life was like nor do I really want to have that conversation, but you don't want to think about your parents having sex. I mean, I hope they had great sex. (laughs) I just don't, I don't need to know details. Um, but I, I feel like they lived vicariously through us. They didn't have a lot of friends and they didn't go do things. It was always taking me to volleyball or Steven to water polo. And I just, I really have been very conscious in this relationship of not wanting to to continue that pattern and really wanting to maintain a sense of sovereignty for both Connor and myself. And I always encourage him, like he's flying to San Diego next weekend for three days to go stay with his best friend, Lindsay, uh, for the fourth. And it's kind of like his wannabe bachelor party. And I'm like, go, like, please go, go do these things because 
I go, I was just gone in Tulum for eight days with my best friends. And I like to go and be alone and on vacation or be with my friends and all of those. And I, I think it's so important so that we know who we are separately in the relationship. And I think it's the same thing within sex. We are not in a open relationship where we're going off and being with other people. We do 99% of things together. But even in that, we're able to explore our own desires with this person. And maybe we talk to them separately or sometimes Connor will go get drinks with a girl and then come back together and then we all hang out. Um, And so we're kind of getting our needs met in our own way. I like the feeling of being held by a woman and just being able to talk and converse while Connor's upstairs and he likes the playfulness and like setting it up. And so I think for us, it's like how we can check all of our own boxes and get our needs met separately, even in this experience together so that we don't lose ourselves to a relationship or to parenting because that's when I feel and know that relationships fail. And we said from the very beginning, we want to do everything we can to set ourselves up for success. Fuck yes. Jordan and I had a very similar initial set of conversations that were like, how about we actually learn from what has happened in the past over and over and over again and not just think that, oh, you're the one or you're the one that it's going to be different it's like, how about we just acknowledge our humanness and learn from the challenges that we experienced and bring all of the great things forward into this relationship and almost reverse engineer it. So let's like talk about all of the things when you want to fuck somebody else, when you want to do this other thing, when you are bored, whatever, let's talk about it while we're in love, while it's the honeymoon phase. And so we can have uh, pre-versions of conversations and steadily have them along the way. Even if we put something on the table and it's a conversation and it's not anything that's actually going to happen right now, it might happen years down the line, but we're going to pulse in and still have a conversation about it. Um, we will probably have to talk about me having sex with another man for many, many more years. <laughs> before... Yeah. That's like not even near our table. So I'm yeah, touching that. <laughs> right. So it's a good, it's a good thing that I'm also into chicks. So yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that's something that I'm really excited to explore even more with Jordan. He's seen a little bit of me in that space. And it's a really weird kind of vulnerability. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, you're about to see me do this thing that you've never seen me do before. Like, you, like, I don't know if I want to like impress you or what, but, um, I've, I've talked a little bit about that on the show just by curiosity and having, you know, parts of my life where I've been more into women or I've just said, you know what, I'm going to date women for a little while and just see how that goes. Um, but I've always wound up in relationships and long-term relationships with men, but that doesn't have my, my curiosity and my desire to be with women. Um, that ha- doesn't have that really lesson. It's just, this is what I'm doing now. And, um, I've noticed that you have been pretty public with sleeping with women, especially recently. I don't know if you've just been that open this whole time and I'm only noticing it now, but you've been, you've been new, (laughs) this is new. So we is really comfortable now or something like that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I had to do a lot of personal excavation before I started talking about it because I still, and I don't know how your experience is, but I still have meltdowns on the reg about this Mm. because my insecurities run so deep and my fear and my need to control. And it's been so ingrained in me that 
I know that's why I chose to have this experience in this relationship. So I could work through those things and repair my belief systems around relationships with women and feeling like I'm not good enough and feelings of abandonment and making up stories. One of the things that Connor and I talked about this week, we've been having some incredible conversations and he's been holding space like a fucking champ. And I'm so grateful for him. I He's awesome. I decided, yeah, he's so incredible. And he's like just gotten more amazing over time. I'm so happy. Um, mm-hmm. But something that I wanted to really work on was this, the way I create stories. And I will make up stories about everything. And it's like my worst fears. And I will project all of it onto him. So I will, I will literally think in my head what I think he's thinking and what I think his intentions are from a place of fear. And then that will be my reality. And I'm like, he's definitely doing this without ever asking him. Right. I'm totally assuming. And so what I have wanted to do the last couple of weeks is tell him what my stories are, which is real fucking vulnerable. Cause I sound like a crazy person when I say them out loud. And I know that, but what he reminded me of is that it's all valid and normal. And so every time I tell him something, I'm sitting over here, like I sound like a psycho. And he's like, Babe, it's normal. Like, of course you're going to think these things. And so I've shared the stories and then he'll tell me what he actually is thinking and feeling. 90% of the time, he's not even thinking about any of it, which I find hilarious. I'm like running these stories through my head all day, every day. And he's like, I thought about that for maybe two minutes. And then I moved on and I was like, you're not obsessing about this the way I am. (laughs) What do you mean? And so what it's helped me do is repattern this belief system and the way that I make up stories and cause myself suffering all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's really allowed me to release it so that I can be present to these experiences and go in open without preconceived notions or ideas about what's going to happen. And so it's really helped us heal a lot of these wounds and triggers that show up for me in these experiences. Um, And I don't know how we even got on this. Um, do you remember what you're talking about? Well, I'm just, totally lost you know, now. about being into women and them coming into, I, I think that it didn't really matter if where it started had a, an ending. <laughs> All of that was just really good shit. Oh, thanks. You thanks. know what I mean? Like it's, it's really good. Like you, uh, there's just a lot of fear to, to, bring other parts of you into like a current relationship and what could all of this mean and could it all come crumbling down? And, um, I think that, that a lot of people abandon parts of themselves in relationships. And so, um, you know, the, the overarching conversation, looping it back to bisexuality and having interest in other people. I mean, you know, if you would like to, I'd love to hear a little, a little story about how you came into, really connecting with women to begin with, because that I think you touched on, like now you fast forward and you're more mature with how you navigate all of that and how you're able to, I wish that there was a more attractive way to say, scratch the itch. Yeah. (laughs) I just think of little who's having really horrible allergies right now and she just can't stop scratching and I'm giving her Zyrtec but she's just like got hives every other day. So I don't know what it is in Austin that's biting her. But anyway, Poor baby. Yeah, she's she's okay. She's a little. But anyway, you're able to not have like you've created an environment and you've created a life for yourself where you don't have to abandon parts of your sexuality, which are a part of your identity and make up who you are. 
a few weeks ago, Bryn and I broke down the popular Netflix series, Sex Life, on the podcast. And without going too much into it, the premise of the show is that the main character, Billy, is trying to figure out if she can have it all in her relationship. She wants the safety and security of a loving marriage while also feeling novelty, passion, and desire in her sex life. The show, and society for that matter, paints the picture that you can't have both and that you must in fact choose what is more important to you. And to that, I say bullshit. I'm literally in the business of helping all of you have it all. You don't have to choose between love and desire. And we, Sex and Love Co. and I, really believe that. You, my love, get to have whatever flavor of sex, love, and relationship feels best for you. So whether it's a voice in your head or a fictional TV series telling you that you have to settle, I'm here to tell you that you fucking don't. My team, Sex and Love Co. and I is fired up and ready to support you in building the sex and love life you have always dreamed of and desired. When working with one of my coaches, we'll support you in diving deep into your sexual exploration, getting clear on your desires, building your confidence both in and out of the bedroom, and learning how to communicate all of this in a safe, effective, and healthy way. If that feels like something you're being called to do, this is your personal invitation to fill out an application to work with us. Once you do that, you'll jump on a connection call with one of my coaches, ideally the perfect coach for you so that they can learn a bit more about you and your goals. If you're ready to claim an epic sex life and deeply fulfilling relationships, then we can't wait to work with you. Head to the show notes or visit www.thatsexchick.com forward slash work dash with dash me to apply. Let's go back a little bit to not the very beginning, but the beginning-ish. Yeah. Beginning-ish. And I remembered what I was going to say. I remember we were talking about how I'm so open now and I wasn't before. And what I was getting to was just that I had I had to go through a lot of meltdowns and personal excavation to get to a point where I felt comfortable telling other people. And the reason I got to that point is because I realized, oh my God, I've been living a lie my whole life and relationships don't have to look a certain way. And I want people to feel like they have a resource and the ability to look outside of their box and explore what their desires are and lean into them. So that's how I got to that. Um, But yeah, let's go backwards because I think this is a really interesting conversation. A lot of people think that I do this because Connor makes me. That you do what? That that you have threesomes or that you sleep with women or something like that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's like, I get, I have not as much anymore, but especially in the beginning when we started talking about it, especially on our podcast, okay, babe, I would get messages from people saying, you're only doing this because Connor makes you and you're just trying to make him happy. Fuck that person. Um, yeah. And I thought, I mean, there's probably validity to that for relationships. I, I, Connor and I have talked about this. I'm like, do you think that there's a lot of dynamics where people are doing this because they're trying to please their partner? And he was like, I bet you that there's plenty of people who women are just trying to do what their man wants because they don't want them to leave. And so it's like, oh, sure. Of course I'm into women. Like I'll do this thing. And on the inside, they're suffering. Yeah, for sure. Well, that was my first threesome experience with a partner in the past, but my Leo loyalty is like, Oh, someone's coming at you sideways with their projections dead to me, burn them down. Totally. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And so we got really clear in sharing with people how this happened. So when Connor and I first started dating, I had just come out of a really serious relationship and things were really hard. And I remember telling him like, fuck man, I'm only dating women. And I said that in passing, but we always go back to that and we're like, Hmm, that was an interesting comment to make. (laughs) And he had just 
he had gotten out of a, a couple year relationship in Austin and really was in an explorative place wanting to date different types of people. And so we just were having conversations around, you know, the type of relationship we wanted. And for us, the first thing that we said was we just wanted to create our own rules. Like whatever felt good for us is what we would do. There was no conversation of threesomes or being with other women. It was just like, let's not do things the way we've always done them because it doesn't work. So whatever that means. And then I started sitting with ayahuasca and I started having a lot of realizations and I started really getting into my body and letting things come up that I had been suppressing for a long time. And not just in my sexuality, but every part of myself. Mm -hmm. And I started having these desires and I started thinking about women sexually. And I started to get really turned on by it. And it was super confusing. And it was probably a month into dating. And I went to him and I said, Hey, I'm having these feelings. I don't really know what to do with them. And so he just held space for me while I talked about it and didn't really respond with anything other than like, I'm here for you. It makes sense. Like you're not crazy. Cause I felt crazy and gross and wrong. And then the conversations turn into him admitting to me that he wanted to be in a relationship with someone who was either bisexual or curious or wanted to have different experiences um, with women because he had, you know, cheated in the past and he gets bored and he really wanted a partnership that was by their, by its own rules and something that was fun and had novelty and didn't get boring. And I always get bored. I've only ever lasted two years in a relationship and I'm like, ugh, done. And I started having these desires and I'm like, okay, well, this seems to be the best of every world. And so we just started talking about it. And, um, our first few experiences of just like exploring this was me just talking out my fantasies in bed with him. And we made up this pretend person. Her name was Becky. And I like described how she looked to him and you know, what I wanted to do. And I'm sure it was like, so vanilla and like cute. Uh, like I want to hold her hands and pet her hair. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, that's so erotic that's how it's, though. Oh my gosh. It's look so I'm fun, right? Her hair. <laughs> my favorite is like when, uh, if I'm with a woman and she's like petting my hair or like playing with the back of my neck, or I'm just like laying on her. I'm like, this is the best. It Why is the best. It's all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it started going into like us hooking up with friends. So people that were super safe and were interested And it's been, you know, a year and a half probably of doing this, not so much during COVID, of course, um, but around that. And it's been very much up and down because like I said before, so many insecurities. And it's like, I would have a meltdown after every single time we would do this about something. It was like something had to be wrong. I couldn't just enjoy myself. It had to be that he was doing something too long with her or he kissed her too long or I couldn't see both of their faces and it made me feel left out. Or he was upstairs with her too long before he sent her down to me to be with me. Like I literally could nitpick anything to keep myself from enjoying it. And I remember I finally got to a point a couple months ago we had been seeing this girl um, kind of steadily for a few months. And so it felt, you know, super safe. And I remember I got to this point where I was in, we were in bed, we were all hooking up and I had been in it for so long, not thinking I was just truly present. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, I have never been this present before. This is fucking awesome. Like this feels amazing. And so I feel like I got over some sort of hurdle in that moment. Mm-hmm. But it took a lot of practice and a lot of conversations. And it's something we still continue to talk about 
because there's little things that pop up or it's a new experience. Like, okay, we've pushed a boundary now and I'm okay with you doing this. And I wasn't okay with that three months ago. And it's a new thing. So how do we check in? How do we make sure we talk about it so that I feel safe, you feel safe, we're all getting what we want. Mm. So it's been interesting. Mm. And amazing. And and the journey, I at the, the kinky workshop play party thing that I mentioned earlier, that was one of the first times that I had an experience like that. Where I was like, wow, mm. I'm really present and in a very playful what next kind of mood, which normally I would be in like a, trying to process why I was asked for a certain thing in a certain way, or you could have done this better or, you know, in the loops of critique and criticism and it's yeah. not good enough and I'm too much and yada, yada, yada. And so it's the journey, right? This is what we do the work for in some, and it's not like, oh, this is now going to, this is now my reality forever moving forward, but just to even have a fucking taste of it makes all of the mindfulness and the retreats and the plant medicines and the meditations and all the things makes it fucking worth it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I now know what that's for. I'm going to do that. I'm going to keep, keep working. Uh, it is a sigh of relief. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, I, something I, we had this girl that um, we were hanging out with last week and I had all these, I made up all these stories about what could potentially happen. And I was so stuck in them and I was spiraling for sure. And I was in such a kind of negative space and it didn't feel fun. I was like, what the fuck are we doing this for if I'm not enjoying myself? And I remember thinking the the next day after we all hung out, like literally nothing I had fears around happened. It was so not what I expected. And I was like, exactly fucking Kelly and her bullshit stories that she feels like she has to come up with that don't come to fruition. And if they do, you deal with them when they happen. Right. But why do I have to keep, or why do I choose to keep creating suffering and fear and living in that when, if I had just gone in without any of these preconceived notions and beliefs and fear, I could have enjoyed the weeks leading up to this so much more. And I would have had all that energy to put into something else rather than to feed my own bullshit. I'm like, right. I don't want to do this anymore, which is why I keep having conversations with him around stories because I know I don't want to live like that. So if I, if play and freedom are two of my deepest core values, I am doing everything I can to practice that every day and to zoom out and pull myself out of those moments that are super unnecessary. Mm, absolutely. So it's really interesting. So your first experience and experiences with women have been since you've been in this relationship. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I made out with girls when I was drunk, but like, yeah, it's a little bit different. I don't really count that. Yeah. It's a little this bit is different. way different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I don't think I knew that. Oh, okay. Yes. I don't think, but as you said it, I was like, oh, okay. That sounds a little familiar. Like maybe we spoke about it on the last time you were on the show, something like that. And so mm -hmm. you have now had your first experiences with women with Connor, but you've also had experiences with women while Connor hasn't been present or like Correct. in the room. How, mm -hmm. how has that been? Because I think about myself and I started with like drunken kisses too. And then also had a moment of bad breakup. And then I'm just going to do women for a minute and see how this goes. Cause I'd already had threesomes. I'd already had experiences that involved other women in a sexual context. But I was like, I'm just going to like do it on purpose for a minute. And I had like a little window of time where that was the case when I was 
gallivanting on cruise ships and I was a crew member and traveling the world. And it was really easy to do it then because people were coming and going constantly. And so it was like, oh, I'll never, probably never see you again. And we're in a different country and all of this. Um, but then I wound up dating a man right behind that and then kind of touch and go with, with women. But this was like maybe in my early to mid twenties that I started like, oh, I'm really turned on by this. I really love these experiences. Um, and, and I think somewhere in there made a note, don't want to be with someone in the future or long-term that isn't down to play here and isn't, it is going to request or require of me in order to be in the relationship, not to feel this totally unique, separate set of emotions. So I think, you know, if I were to start cluing into that now, as I'm getting ready to turn 33, I wonder if that would be a little bit different. So I'm, I'm curious, like, what was that like kind of having these initial body turn on light bulbs go off, but then you're also in the midst of creating a long-term father of my children kind of relationship with someone. Yeah, it was a mind fuck like mm -hmm. all the way. <laughs> And it wasn't even just that I was having threesomes for the first time or being alone with women for the first time, or even acknowledging I had these desires for the first time. I was also learning about open relationships, polyamory. I had never heard of the term ethical non-monogamy, monogamish, literally knew nothing about this. So it was really overwhelming and like this onslaught of information and feelings. And that's why I think I had such a hard time. Cause I was like, my nervous system was like, yo bro, like a little much at one time. <laughs> this is a lot. Um, yeah. And so I would definitely recommend like taking it as slow as you want, because I'm not really good or I haven't been in the past at taking things slowly and like, doing you, one thing at a time. I saw that catch. I haven't been in yes. the past. <laughs> yeah. 15 minutes ago personal development lingo uh -huh. um yeah exactly Yesterday. um i'm like let me do everything all at once on a high-speed train and that's how i've always operated and this was a great learning experience that you don't have to do everything at once and you can take it slow and you can also renegotiate as you go and that's all okay and you also helped me with that when i was spiraling um mm. but for me being with women alone, like in a threesome dynamic is incredible. Being with women alone is like the most comfortable, easy thing I've ever done. It is like I've done it a million times. It is so warm and inviting and comforting and loving. And the sex is awesome. And I love having sex with a woman and it's super fun for me. But I think for me, the level of being held and being seen, and also I talk about this a lot, is that I, I feel like when I'm with a woman, I see myself for the first time. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm gazing into my own soul through her. And there's this level of acceptance and acknowledgement that is there that I had never had before. And I think I know I love myself so much more because of these experiences. Every woman I've been with, has been an incredible mirror for me to more deeply see myself and to feel safer and to feel held. And so it's transformed me. Like the last person that we were with, I told her this over and over. I said, I am a different person because of you, because of the way you held me, because of the way you had my back. There were moments where I wanted, and I think you and I talked about this. I was like trying to change boundaries during play, which as you shared with me, you're like, that's yeah. a no, no. Don't do that. I was like, okay. 
Okay. There's always um, more. There's always opportunity for more. You change them next yeah. time. Speaking of, I was like journaling or I was writing down notes while you and I had that call one day. You guys, I called Alexa because I was literally losing my shit. And I was like, I need you as my friend to like really hold me right now. Cause I'm gonna lose yeah. my shit. Aww. Um, and I took these notes and I came down to Connor. I was like, literally holding this notebook in front of me. I'm like, okay. So Alexa says <laughs> point one, <laughs> no changing boundaries during play point two. And he was like, okay. <laughs> um, but I remember I tried to in this scenario and she looked at me and she's like, no, we're not doing that you said that was a no, we're not changing right now. And I was like, fuck, I've never had a woman advocate like that for me. And it was something that would be pleasurable for her. And she was like, no, we're not doing that. And I hugged her so hard that night when she left and thanked her so many times, because I was like, you are a true friend and you are showing me what female friendships can look like. The fact that you advocated for me in that moment, when I was betraying myself, I I mean, it makes me want to cry even thinking about that, that you could be with someone in that way. And that is so much of what this experience has taught me is that women can show up for one another in really healthy, beautiful ways. And yeah, you can be naked and yeah, maybe your partner has his dick inside of her or something of that nature. And it's also an incredible level of intimacy and connection. And it doesn't have to mean anything negative or fear-based in it. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, a level of trust in your partner, yes. sure, but a level of trust in the feminine. I'll just use the kind of a little bit language, but in the feminine as a whole, because I mean, we are, what are, what, are, what is the, what's the meme or the shirt, the quote, the generation of the, from the witches that you couldn't burn or something. Oh yes. Uh-huh. Right. So I don't know if you've done any like reading or research about the, the, the sister wound or the sisterhood wound and all of that is it, it goes really, really fucking deep. Like, uh, there's a lot of really dark forces that, um, benefit from women being, uh, pitted against each other and wanting to take each other down and seeing each other as a threat. And so there was a time when you'd be burned at the stake if people thought that you were a witch. And so women would try to hide aspects of their natural being, you know, um, I don't know if you bleed on the new or the full moon, but if you would have said anything, if you would have made that correlation way back in the 1800s, 1700s, like you'd have been burned for it. It'd have been like some mm -hmm. shit. if you would have made herbs or if you would have like, you know, made herbs, if you would have like made certain things that could have been seen as witchcraft, then you would have gotten, you know, burned at the stake kind of thing. And it, the idea was that if you were burned and you died, you weren't a witch. So like lots of humans <laughs> died. And you know what? Yeah. I don't think anyone survived that. Um, but there was this thing that women had to protect themselves. And so if that meant, oh, someone's whispering about me, how about I just throw the blame on this other person and I know it's actually her. So then women started just saying, it's over there. So it's her. And then things were against the women. And so, um, you know, there's so much more. This is one tiny taste of the story where it's like women need to be against women. And so anytime where you can create a situation where you essentially have control over, because it it's trauma that's passed down and passed down and passed yeah. down. It's a big reason why a lot of people play in kink spaces and kind of looping it back into the whole daddy down little girl, that kind of thing, where it's like, if you can actually have control over the situation and how the outcome goes, and you can say, this is the way that I want this to go down, then there's healing that is present, that is available. There's healing that's available in that kind of situation. 
situation. So if you look to the eyes of the other person in there and you say, you know what, I'm actually really excited to do this thing, even though I said that I wasn't before. And they look at you and they, and they're like, no, for, for you, even if it, they were going to benefit from that, that's fucking powerful. That's fucking healing. So it's like, oh, I can trust women as a whole. Like that's healing that I can trust women as a whole. And it's fucking special. And it's like something that's so not like sexy or like not sexual, but it's available in the space of sex. And that's, I know you've heard me say it so many times that there's just so much more available inside of the contain, you know, under the umbrella of like sexy things than just an orgasm, which those are fun. And yeah. And you know what I've learned in running a business where I support a bunch of incredible women like you is that I have healed and I'm a better leader and business owner because of my sexual experiences with women, because of all the things I just talked about. I don't sit here and look at you and your incredible business and how successful you are and your incredible podcast and all the amazing people around you. I don't sit here and think, wow, I'm fucking jealous of Alexa. And I wish I was like her, like, fuck her. She's doing too good. You know what I mean? Like all these old things that I would think I don't do that because I'm so happy for you. And I, I, I really feel like that's because I healed that in the bedroom with women. And so it trickles into every part of my life. Yeah. Ah. I love it so much. (laughs) It's so fucking good. Now, you know, um, before we got onto the show, Connor did come onto the Zoom screen and help me figure out a couple of technical podcasty things, which I am Mm -hmm. so grateful for him for. And uh, he was like, yeah, I'm just running around doing things, getting ready to move out of the house. And Kelly's in here and she's talking about coming all over the place and rah, 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 and all this, that, and the other. And I was like, and she's not even on my show talking about that. So who the hell show is she on talking about all this coming all over the place nonsense? So literally have not used that phrase one time. <laughs> so hello, dramatic Connor. I only am talking about this. With you. But I saw an IGTV where you were talking about wanting to crawl inside of a woman because you wanted to get so I close did. to her. So Sorry. I'm just saying like, this is all beautiful. And everything, but like I want to get down to brass taxes, Kelly. Okay, hit me. What's it like having sex with a woman? And how have you figured out best ways to go about having the sex go down? Because I bet there's some people that are listening to this and like, this is fucking beautiful, and I'm kind of turned on, and maybe I will give this a try. And then the idea of I got a touch of vagina is like, nope, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Like, you know, I've had mine touched and I've just been like, I hate everything that's happening right now. How do, how do I make sure I'm not in that category for the person that I'm going to touch? Yeah. Oh my God. All the questions. And you, the woman is magic. You must use the word coming all over the place. You must use that phrase just one time. Okay. I will, (laughs) I will work it into my monologue. I'm about to be great. Okay. So, uh, sex with a woman is magical. I, so, you know, I've had sex with plenty of men. I've seen many different types of penises, have them inside of me in different holes and, uh, have had great sex in my life. And I am kind of at this point where I'm just more curious about what else there is. And so that's where I feel like I've really enjoyed 
having sex with women because it's different. It's new. There's a very different energy to it. But the other thing is that I know a lot of people say, I wouldn't know what to do with someone else's vagina. And my experience is that I do know. I actually really know. It's actually very easy for me. Um, I think that I'm better at going down on a girl than I am at sucking Connor's dick. I think that I feel like I know what to do more naturally. I feel like because I have had, you know, different experiences myself that I can tap into different ways of doing things. Um, I think that I am really connected when it comes to verbalizing things and communicating in the bedroom. Um, I know what I like to have said to me, and it doesn't mean that every person I'm with is the same way and has the same like turn ons, but there is a level of communication with women and dirty talk that I do with a woman that I just don't do with Connor. And so I think it, I don't know. I just, it's been so organic for me. Um, and I remember I hadn't had a girl sit on my face yet. Well, this is everybody get ready. <laughs> the line is coming. And I was, I was nervous about it. Cause I, I mean, I had gone down on a girl when she was laying there, but never on my face. And I really like sitting on Connor's face and it <laughs> feels really good. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I want to do this thing. And so I remember having her sit on my face and I literally thought to myself, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever experienced. How can I possibly get closer to her? Like my tongue is inside of her and I'm, how do I, I get remember my like nose in my left eye? And yeah, like how can I crawl up inside of her? <laughs> and so I remember like pulling her down closer to me and I'm like, oh, is this as good as it gets? Like I got to go more. And I just loved it so much. It was, and it wasn't even like about the sex or whatever. That was super hot. But I, I don't. I don't know if it was because I felt so vulnerable or so connected, or it was like this thing I had thought about and I was finally getting to do it, probably a combination of all the things. But it was one of the most amazing moments of my life. No question. I felt so connected. And I was like, this is true fucking intimacy. This right here, naked people. And I am doing this thing to you. And I just want to be closer to you at the same time. And it blew my mind and it was so special. And so I, I don't know. It's like those moments are so expansive for me and show me what else is possible and available to us when we just open our minds and also lean into desires that may have seen really seemed really scary or out of reach before. Mm. So good. Well, I thought you were going to say, and then I was coming all over the place. But well, I mean, maybe she then came all over the place. I really just wanted to weave that in just place. because of what Connor said, though. So, and it just sounds I mean, I, I will find a way to weave it in. It doesn't really <laughs> fit in that moment. <laughs> but I but I agree and I love it so much. I mean, um, yeah, true intimacy and the, the level of vulnerability too. like I've never done this thing that I'm doing with you and I am doing it all the way. I'm leaning all the way in literally and figuratively and you are allowing and you're in there with me, too. And yeah, naked vulnerability, all of that intimacy. There you go. And not, yeah, of course, not I, all intimacy has to include crawling inside of a woman's vagina. But I mean, some of the best kinds does. Yeah, I'm highly recommending for anyone listening. 
I think too, you know, I get a lot of questions about this too. It's like, well, how do you find these people? And what, how, why would someone be down to do this? And what kind of woman is into this and blah, blah, blah. And how do you trust them? And, um, Connor and I both have separate Bumble accounts. Um, but they're, they have both of our names on them and our pictures together. So people know exactly what's going on. We're not doing anything shady and we're very intentional about how we communicate. Um, but Connor really likes the coordination. He likes finding the girl and talking to her and like setting it all up. And I am just kind of over that at this point, I tried it and I'm like, this is, it's just too much energy output for me. And I just don't want to do it. Um, and so we have our own accounts and we'll talk to people, people separately. Um, and we just share, like, this is what we're into. We answer any questions people have for us. Um, how much have we done this? What kind of dynamics have we had? Are we into anything that, you know, isn't, well, I don't want to say weird cause I don't think anything's really weird, but like, what kind of stuff are we into? Yeah. Um, you know, what are the expectations? What are the boundaries? We go over all of that. And then we'll usually hang out with people. We'll go get a drink. I, I've gone on walks with girls by myself and just talked about all of this in person, which helps both of us feel really good and at ease and comfortable with one another. Um, so yeah, I think Bumble has been a really great place for us. I know um, there's an app called Field I haven't used, but I've heard great things about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've also hooked up with like mutual friends. So people that we know through someone, um, people who listen to the podcast, um, that kind of stuff, which is super interesting. And I thought a boundary of, I would never cross, but it's like kind of the best case scenario because people know that we're not whack jobs that are going to like right. take them into an alley and murder them. Um, and they also they're are like, hearing, oh, cool. like, they're hearing your vulnerabilities. Huh? They're hearing, they're hearing the challenges. Yeah. They're literally hearing what you are struggling with or challenged by or whatever, or that you have been in the past, even if the past was mm-hmm. yesterday, um, they're hearing it so that they, they know, you know, some people can address that right out the gate. Yeah. It's awesome. And they, yeah. And it's like, we can speak the same language and there's a level of trust built there and they feel like they know us, which I think that's all really helpful and kind of puts the whole situation at ease. And yeah. And then we just go in without any expectations. We invited someone to hang out with us and some friends tonight. We're going to go out for drinks and we have no expectation of it becoming anything. We're like, cool. If we make a friend, great. If we hang out after great, like it just doesn't matter. Uh, we've gotten to a point and this is really Connor leading the way of just having fun experiences with new different people. It doesn't have to be penis and vagina or anything beyond hanging out and going to do something in in town. Um, And I really appreciate that because that's not something that I would explore on my own. So he's really gotten me out of my comfort zone of meeting people and not having expectations of it becoming anything. It's like, he's really good at dating. I'm terrible at dating. I just, and like, relationship after relationship. And I don't care to like go out and meet new people and like, blah, blah, blah. He's incredible at it. And so we've kind of infused that into our relationship. And what I have realized is that going on dates with girls together is actually super fun because these are people we would want to be friends with anyway. Mm -hmm. So the conversations are great. We go to places that we all love. We have new experiences and it feels really nourishing for everyone involved. I love that so much. I'm, I'm inspired. You know, I, I, I've gone back and forth with this. And wanting to bring that into our relationship. And do we have the time and do we have the space and business is so busy and our social calendar is so full. And then recently Jordan has asked me like, do you really want this thing or is it off the table or do you just not want it? And then I had to check in with myself and say, what is actually underneath the resistance? And what do you feel it is? Um, 
I recently had a bunch of realizations with, with our play and the DS dynamics and kink, and then also with playing with other people and all of that. And, and I've said this on, on a previous show, um, and I'm, I've probably touched on it a couple of times, but you know, I described Jordan when we first got together, he had many, he had had his idea of variety was in people, lots of different people, similar kinds of moves, just trade the person out. And then it, it is the, you know, that's the variety, that's the spice. And for me, while I have had sexual interactions with lots of people over my life and my career on ships and traveling and all of that, um, I had gotten to a point where I wasn't so interested in the variety coming as, as, as people. And I wanted varied sexual experiences. And I got to a place where I was a no very easily when before I'd be like, well, I just want to have sex. So that's, that's cool. You know, I like you, whatever. And it got to a point where I was just saying no to certain types of like regular old sex that was available. If there wasn't something juicy for me to chew on or some kind of scene or some kind of thing to, you know, just expand on, then I was pretty much an easy no. Um, and so us getting together, this, all of this like varied sexuality thing was new. And I think that he'd had, you know, in his, the few relationships that he had had along the way, the idea of bringing another woman into the mix, the idea of expanding on sexuality like this was, um, in a sense, like all a major threat to them. And they didn't handle a lot of those things. Like he was afraid to have friendships with other women or to even have like regular conversations with, you know, even the, the female counterpoint part to a lot of his friendships and, you know, guys that he was friends with. He, like, there was just like this, uh, this element of hesitancy and all of his dynamics with other women outside of the, whoever he was in a relationship with. And so there was just like a lot to unpack in all of that. And I had, I had already gotten to a point where I'm like, if you fucked someone in front of me, like I'd throw a party, you know, like that's, he's meeting wow. someone who's already in that place of like, I'm really turned on when my person is having sex with another person in front of me. And like it's, I'm, I, I am especially turned on if I delivered the goods. If I'm like, yeah. like a lioness, I went out for the hunt and I bring the hunt back and here she is. And now I'll go sit in the corner and watch. And then whenever my man is done, then I'll get the leftovers. Like I just very much resonate with, Leo and I'm actually drinking coffee right now out of a cup that says Leo very much resonate with the lioness energy. Um, so, you know, like that, that's something that I'd done in the past and in a previous relationship and dynamic. And, and I really like those things. And so us getting together, it was just, so you're just this vulnerable vanilla doesn't understand it creature. And I, and, and we just reinforced these ideas of each other and these stories of each other. And this is over three and a half years ago when we first got together. And so I was like, wow, I'm just going to have a really fucking hard time really cracking this open for him so that he really, truly understands what's going on here. And he doesn't act like a little boy fucking up shit, thinking this is all okay when I'm not agreeing and I'm not okay with a lot of things with certain intention. And like I created the story and then he created a story that no matter what he does is not going to be good enough because I'm advanced and I'm just going to critique everything. And we just had this from the, from the beginning. And, but we had a lot of awareness around it. And I got to a point recently where I'm like, he has shown the fuck up. He has just thrown himself in, especially over the last couple of years. Like the first year I was like, come on, like we, we, we got to move some, some, some stuff's got to unfold here. 
And then especially over the last year and a half, two years, he has just really, he's reading the books, he's watching the courses, he's showing the fuck up from an authentic place and not just like, a, I don't want to lose Alexa. So I need to learn some new shit place. But like, what is he really turned on and moved by? And, and I needed, there was some stuff inside of me that, uh, I got to watch me changing my language now. Um, it was time for me to choose to acknowledge his growth. It was time for me mm-hmm. to go your and, and just celebrate his growth and realize that, I was the one that was starting to hold us back from expansion and exploration. And especially with other people, I was like, oh, wow, I am getting really caught up in the, this person. If we want to play with someone, then they need to approach us in a particular way and they need to find us in a particular way. And they needed to do this, this, and this. And otherwise like, this is not cool. And this is setting us, uh, this is a recipe for disaster and all this shit. And I was like, wow, you are just a number Lex now. And so, you know, I started, I started having more and more conversations with people who were in involved in threesomes and opening their relationships and stuff very recently. And, um, I was re-inspired and I asked some questions inside of my community space. And I was like, are you, how do you like, if you're, if you are in a partnership and someone wants to play with you, how do you go about the process? Like, what's your favorite way to be approached? And there was one person in particular that said, I like to see each individual person that approaches the unit, whether that's in either direction, whether it's through me or him or whatever. She basically just said that I like to treat each one as a case by case, not necessarily, maybe she didn't say case by case, but like as an individual. So treat them like a person treat them like oh Oh, novel idea what a novel idea (laughs) right and there was some it was so simple and I was like oh like you're you're being such an asshole Alexa so like there was this realization of like oh I, I can just be fascinated by this creature that is saying that they are sexually intrigued by us and that is so beautiful and and flattering and endearing and all of these things and so yeah I've just had a lot of little mini breakthroughs or not not to just discount them I've had a lot of big breakthroughs around I didn't even realize that I was creating the stories and holding us back from from all of the things that I said I wanted from the beginning and so mm. yeah yeah we are um, I am re inspired and excited to date. Hopefully, and you know, before the end of the year, we have we have lots on the calendar, and that's been my excuse up to this point. And just hearing like Connor likes to do all of the prep work, you know, that's just like overwhelming. Is Connor a manifesting generator? No, he's a projector. He's a projector. Okay, so Jordan is limitless. Right, Jordan's limitless energy is what I feel, Um, and so he would probably be really excited for all of that and love to do it. So yeah, yeah, I'm just, yeah. Connor like bounces off the walls, has too much energy and I am not like that at all. No. Uh, and so that's why I'm like, you go do this thing. It lights you the fuck up. That's not the part that lights me the fuck up. So like, why don't we just stay in our zones of genius, yeah. even in a threesome dynamic yeah. and let it be what it is. Yeah, for sure. And then, and then we get to navigate this like space. And I don't know if Connor's done this or if y'all have had this dynamic, but Jordan will come to me and he is just like, okay, so now I've got, now I've shown that I'm open in this way again. And, you know, we're like excited and we had an initial conversation and I shared all of the breakthroughs and whatever. And like, 
45 minutes later after the close of that conversation and he's showing me somebody on Instagram who this person's liking all of our things. This person, I just get a vibe. What do you think? And I'm like, you're here already showing me someone. And I'm like, this person, I'm like everything about this person, energy person's energy is a fucking no. Why are you showing this to me? And I'm like, what are you doing, Alexa? Be individual, do this thing. And then, but then I'm also, yes, treated as an individual, but I can do one scroll on on the page right and there's things that are in inside of these pictures that are a misalignment culturally not necessarily culturally but like we have a certain standard for our way of living and so i want to treat interacting with people especially sexually if they're a fit would i date would i go on a date with this person outside of our relationship and if the answer is no based off of a couple of things that i see then i'm going to trust myself so then my request for him was when if i tell you that there's something in the energy here and something that i'm seeing that i'm noticing is is not a fit i would like for you to trust me and i would also like for you to trust me not everything you bring to me is going to be a no. Mm -hmm. I was like, it won't always be a no, but I would like for you to trust me. And he's, you know, asking me, well, I just need to know like what specifically makes it a no. And I'm like, this is a woman thing. So let's just test the waters one person at a time, you know? So working on it. I feel you. I I think the other thing I just want to add to this part of the conversation is Something I've noticed that's really helpful is that you don't actually have to be having threesomes actively um, to have fun and to feel the openness within your relationship. For us, it's just nice to have it even on the table as a conversation yeah, and not even act it out. Because Connor's someone who doesn't like to be told what to do and he doesn't like rules. So if I sit here and I tell him, absolutely not, we're not doing that, then it's all he can think about and he wants to defy, right? Because that's just his nature. And so I have learned that leaving things on the table and just being open, he actually doesn't need to go do a lot of this stuff. He just wants to know that he has the option. Right. It is and I like true. that because it teaches me too, that you don't have to go do these things, but we want to have the ability to choose for ourselves and have that sovereignty. So if we can create that dynamic for one another in our relationship, then it's far more successful because of that. Right. Well, even the conversations are hot. And so even the yes. conversations are, are bringing up the conversations, not even you know, actually entertaining the thing or doing the thing, but just the conversations themselves are making our relationship better and hotter Mm -hmm. and more fun and all of the things. And that was, um, you explaining that too, with Becky, your fantasies. And then eventually you're inside of a woman's vagina coming all Mm -hmm. over the place. Um, look at us now coming (laughs) all over the place, coming all over the place. Um, so I, yeah. I, what I love about having you on the show is we're sh- just talking to each other. You know, there's really no kind of formal. It's like, oh yeah, we're supposed to talk about bisexuality. Well, 15 minutes, 20 minutes in, we're talking about something totally different. But um, but I do, I, I really love the the conversational aspect um, that our shows on my show bring. And yeah, I'm just super grateful for you and love just chatting about real life shit. You know? Um, Yeah. I know a lot of things about sex, like a lot, a lot of things, Um, but I'm still a real person going through my own journey with my own sexuality. And I have really enjoyed on my show being able to bring the knowledge and the groundedness um, 
And even the sprinkle of the spirituality and the woo and all of that. And some of my expertise that I've really loved. And I think that I, I get this role modeled from you and your show is like, I've just, I've decided I'm going to show up in my realness and in my rawness. And this is actually what's going on for me and in my life. And hopefully while yes, I'm able to educate at times, hopefully I'm also able to have conversations with you and, you know, solo shows and whatever on, on, um, my podcast that help people to feel less alone in the process. So hopefully this conversation is very intriguing and helped to have people feel a little less alone and also gave them some tips. Cause my hope is that if I fudged some stuff up or maybe my guest has fudged some stuff up that you could maybe just learn from that instead of having to do it your own, on your own. But if you want to also touch the hot pan, go for it. Yeah. I'm here for you. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for you. Yeah. yeah. No, I think, I think it's so important. What you said is um, we can feel isolated for so many reasons in life. And it's why I do my show too. I remember feeling alone and I didn't have female friendships I wanted and didn't have access to safe spaces to have conversations and ask questions. And I think having these types of conversations are so important so that we do feel like we are seen and we are not like some crazy person. And I'm the only one that must be feeling this way. And so I think you do an incredible job and I love you so much. And thanks for having me back. Oh my gosh. And I love you so much too. Thank you for being on the show. And the very last thing that I would like for you to leave us off with is what is a fantasy that you have that you would like to experience before you die? Oh my God. This is where coming all over the place actually makes its debut. I feel it. Okay. I'll pick this one. Like it's probably not ready to say the other one. (laughs) Um, I really want to have a foursome and I really want to be either upstairs or downstairs with one person and for Connor to be on the opposite with the other person so that we're having our own experiences and then we come together and then we come all over the place. (laughs) Yes. Did I do it well? I think you did it well. And I think, is this the round of applause? Oh my God. It's the first time I ever pressed one of those (laughs) buttons on the show. New frontiers, Kelly. Connor is going to be so proud of you when I tell him you did that. Are you serious? (laughs) Yes. And it is a great way to end the show. Thank you one more time for coming on the show and sharing all your wisdom and your life and your vulnerability and all of that with my people. Thank you, my love. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.